0: Word and I pray with the help of God, doers and sharers of the word. Amen. Amen. Um, got a quick question for you. Um, why are you here? Praise the Lord. There you go. Okay. Praise the Lord. Why are you here? So, there's lots of reasons to be here, right? Lots of reasons, and and, and sometimes the, the reasons vary and and they're different. So some of you are here because. You feel like you're supposed to be here. Why are you here? My spouse makes me come. That's why I'm here, right? I'm here because it's just easier if I come here. I don't really want to be here, but I'm here because because I feel like I should, right? And if you're here for that reason, we're glad you're here. We're glad you're here. That's how uh, my dad became a follower of Jesus. So my dad was a senior in high school, and he had a crush on my my mom, right? So he decided he was going to impress. The parents by going to church. So he figured out what church my mom went to, and he would get in his car and he would find, he would park like a, like this spot where he knew my mom would drive and her family would drive by, and he would wait. And when he saw their car, he'd pull out behind them and follow them to church, right? And my my grandpa would be driving the car, and he'd be like, "There's Doug again," right? And my, my mom would be like, "Oh." goodness, right? But if my parents or if my grandparents and the, my mom's family did not go to church for some reason, he'd just go home. He's like, Shh, I'm not showing the church if the, the cutie's not there, right? But he was there and it, it worked. So if you're here because you just feel like you have to be here, it's kind of an obligation, you're supposed to be here, it's the right thing to do, great. We're glad you're here. We're glad you're here. Some of you are here because you're just searching. You're looking. You're not quite sure who Jesus is. You're not quite sure you maybe even what you're looking for, but you're looking for a sense of peace, a sense of maybe purpose, a sense of hope, and you're thinking, I'll maybe I'll check this place out and try it out and see if I find that here. And if that's true for you, we're glad you're here. Some of you are here because you're here because you want to grow. You're, You're here because you know Jesus loves you. And you know that's important. And you know that makes a difference in your life. And you're here to explore what that means. So what does it mean to follow Jesus? You're like, I'm not quite sure, but I'm going to find out. And so I'm going to go to church and I'm going to grow. I'm going to grow with Jesus and I'm grow with this community right here together. And that's why you're here. And if you're here for that reason, great. We're glad you're here. Some of you are here because you're here to serve. You know Jesus' love for you. You know that He died on the cross for you. You know that He rose the grave for you. And you know that it makes an eternal difference in your life today and every single day. And you're here because, like, I'm going to be here to see what that works out in my daily life. How does that change my actions and what I'm doing uh, for those around me? Because I'm learning, here to learn how to serve. And if that's true for you, we're glad you're here. Glad you're here. Here's another question Why am I here? There's a lot of answers for that, too. I'm here, one main reason is to be a sharer of grace. So that you walk away knowing, beyond a shadow of a doubt, that Jesus Christ died and rose for you to freely, freely, that's the key, to freely give you that the gift of His life and His forgiveness and His love, which changes each and every it makes, gosh, which it impacts each and every day. It'll change everything in your life each and every day. That's my number one job. I love um, Pastor Ethan Moore over at Trinity Church. He calls himself the Grace Commando, <laughs> and it's so good. I'm going to steal it. So don't, don't tell him, but I'm stealing Grace Commando. That's how he signs his emails. Grace Commando. I'm like, that's it. That's it. That's a great. That's what. That's what pastors. Are supposed to be doing sharers of grace. Also do some counseling. So talk with folks and say, okay, this is how God's word, God's uh, God's word applies to this challenging situation. I do some of that. What I, I, I do is I organize God encounters. And this doesn't happen without the help of a ton of other people, right? So organize worship. So we've got worship team got children's ministry team, so we've got got ushers, you know, thanks for that, we've got a mission team going to Cuba, right, so thanks for that, we've got a youth and middle school, all this stuff, we're all just trying to organize God encounters, what can we do to organize something where people come there and they they encounter the living presence of Jesus in their life, so that's why I do that too. But more than anything else, I see myself as a coach. You go to the gym, and you're working out, and you're not quite sure what to do, or what to do, or do I do this machine, or that workout, or that workout. I'm going to get a coach, right? So I see myself as a spiritual coach. And walking with folks, and inviting you to join Jesus on his mission, I want to hear those words, inviting you to join Jesus on his mission, to join uh, his adventure, to join his purposes, to have a lifelong purpose of, of joy and adventure. And so many times we get it flipped around. So many times we say, I want Jesus to join me. And we'll say things like, Lord Jesus, please bless what we are doing. And it's not a bad prayer. I just don't think it's the best prayer. I think the best prayer is, Lord Jesus, help us to bless what you are doing. Because we join Jesus on his mission. Because as Jesus is alive, if the tomb is empty, that means Jesus is doing work. He didn't die on the cross and rise to the grave and stop. It was never his purpose. It was never the goal. Jesus Christ died on the cross and rose to the grave to give you life now and always and to work in your life now and always and to work in the lives of those around you even if it seems like he's not. So when we say John three sixteen, for God so loved the world Right, that He gave His one and only Son, so that whoever believes in Him might not perish, but have eternal life. Right? And the world means your friend. The world means your co-worker. The world's your next-door neighbor. If Jesus Christ died and rose to the grave, if Jesus Christ is risen... He is ready, and that means He's working in the lives of those around you every single day. Because Jesus Christ died and rose for them too, and loves them too. That's what it means. And so, when we follow Jesus, we're not doing work for Jesus and hoping He helps us out a little bit. It's not how it works. When we follow Jesus, we're following Him and saying, "Jesus, where are You working?" and maybe I can bless what you are already doing. And he's doing that in the lives of every single person you know, even if it seems like he's not. Let me give you an example. When I was growing up, we had this orange tree. And this orange tree was big, it was gorgeous, it had big, beautiful, juicy California oranges, right? And the tree would have these nice white flowers and would start to bloom, right? And then would get these little tiny oranges. They'd get bigger and bigger and bigger. I'd be in the backyard and be like, oh, I'm getting an orange. Uh-huh. Right? I'd grab an orange and start pulling and I'd pull, and I'd pull. I think thing was like super glued to the tree to get that orange off. It looked perfect. It looked absolutely gorgeous and perfect and ready to eat, but it wasn't ready yet. And if you pulled too hard, you'd rip off the branch. I mean, just the six inches of the branch would come right off the tree. Because it wasn't ready yet. But when it was ready, you'd flick those oranges off. Just drop in your hand. Flick, flick, flick. Jesus is working in the lives of every single person around you. Because Christ is risen, He's risen indeed. He's risen indeed means he's alive, and he's working, and he's active. And if you don't see it, it's because they're not ready yet. But one day they will be. One day they will be. And God sends you there. He sends you to, to be a neighbor to those in your neighborhood people you know, your friends people you work with, people you serve at work that's where God's sending you because you're already there and let me share with you a little bit how that looks this is an extreme example so after I say this, I don't want to, I don't want to freak you out <laughs> but this is how it works so um, this past uh, Thursday, uh, flew down to Texas uh, for the mentor conference. Went down to meet our uh, our youth our ministry intern. And Matthew Pontifis is coming up in July 10th. Yeah, I had a conference down there. And um, I had to switch flights, you know. And, and you know when you're going someplace new, because I had to rent a car and drive. And I've had this happen to me before, where I've used my phone all day. And then the evening, I get in the car and hit the map and the phone's dead, so I don't have a map to get me where I need to go. So I've had that happen. So I get to the airport, I'm like, I'm just going to turn my phone off because I need the phone when I get there. So I land in Austin, Texas, turn my phone back on, and there are multiple voicemails. And so I get the voicemail, and it says, like, no caller ID on the voicemail. And, uh, I get the voicemail, and the voicemail is, it's Officer Peck from the Avon Police Department. And he says, um, uh, something has happened to the Williamson family. I understand they're members of your church. You need to call me immediately. So I, I call him back, and I apologize for being out of pocket for a couple hours there. And He informs me that they um, did a wellness check on, on their daughter, Carrie, Dave and Connie's daughter, Carrie, they had found that she had passed away. And they wanted to tell Dave and Connie um, Dave and Connie were at the Shaw Center for chemo. So they didn't want to tell them there. So they were waiting until they got home to tell Dave and Connie what had happened to their daughter. And Officer Peck said, we would really like you there with us when we'd tell them. And here I am in Austin, Texas. And my first thought is, I wonder how quickly I could get back. I, wonder, I mean, I'm at a church conference, right? They'll understand if I cancel because someone in their congregation passed away. They, they got it. They'll, they'll, be, they'll be fine. So I'm doing the calculations. I'm like, wait, if I did this or did this, maybe I can get back there tonight. I, and then I realized that's not my most important job. My most important job is to coach. That's my most important job. So I thought, well, who could I coach? So I called Tom. I called Tom up, I said, Tom, since what's happened to Dave and Connie, their daughters passed away, can you go up there with the police department for the death notification? And I imagine there were a hundred different things Tom could have said at that moment. You know, a hundred different things. Like, aren't you the pastor? (laughs) Like, isn't that your job? He could have said, I've never been trained for this before. I have no idea what I'm doing. And any of those responses would have been appropriate. And Tom said, I'll be right over there. So I did some coaching. I said, Tom, you can't fix this. Only Jesus can fix this. You go over there, and you cry with them, and you pray with them, and that's all you can do. That's all you can do. So we prayed together, and we hung up the phone. And I'm sitting there going, man, I just put Tom in a bad spot. So I called Phil. I'm like, Phil, can you, can you go help Tom? do this (laughs) you know Tom might need backup again a hundred things Phil could have said and Phil said I'll be right over there so I get the rental car and I'm driving away and kind of praying and I get a phone call from Jan and she says I just finished chicken noodle soup so I'm taking it over there so they gave up their time and their dinner and isn't that the best comfort food? Chicken noodle soup? <laughs> and they're like, oh, God, thank you, God. Chicken noodle soup. And so they met with Dave and Connie. They cried with them. And they, they prayed with them. They think Phil, you read scripture passage. And nothing they said was going to make Con- Dave and Connie feel better. At that moment, at that time, you can't say anything that's going to make things better. Just mourn with people. Here's the thing, because Jesus brings healing. Jesus brings hope. Jesus brings resurrection. Jesus does his best work in the paradoxes of life. When things are at their worst, it's when Jesus is at its strongest. when hope is at its lowest is when Jesus brings his hope. When death is at its worst, it's when Jesus brings life. Why? Because the tomb is empty. Christ is risen. He's risen, He's risen Indeed. He's risen indeed. And sometimes this work is obvious and sometimes it's just not. But when we follow Jesus on his mission, these are the places he will put you. And right now, some of you are freaking out because you do not want that phone call from me, right? (laughs) Hey, could you go over and... uh, 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 uh. But here's the key. Tom and Jan and Phil did not go over there because they were trained crisis counselors. They didn't go over there because they've had a a class on uh, crisis work or even grieving. Because I'm talking with Tom, and I said, Tom, I'm asking a lot of you. Thank you so much for doing this. He said... Well, of course, Dave's my friend. When you follow Jesus on his mission, he will put you in contact with people you're already in contact with. He's going to send you places you already are at, where he is already doing his work, he's going to say, let them know the tomb is empty, the tomb is empty, because Jesus is on a mission, he's on a mission, it's for you, he's on a mission for your friends, he's on a mission for your kids. He's on a mission for your spouse. He's on a mission for your boss. That's a miracle, huh? He's on a mission for your boss. He's on a mission for that coworker that drives you crazy. He's on a mission for the next-door neighbor who's got the dog that barks all the time. And Jesus is on a mission for them. He's on a mission for your best friend. He's on a mission for every single person around you. And the only thing he invites and asks us to do is to say this, ask this question. Jesus, what are you up to today? What are you up to today, Jesus? And where can I join you on your mission? Because the tomb is empty. Amen? Amen. 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 <clears throat> Let's pray. Lord Jesus. empty your tomb is empty and you promised to us that one day ours will be too and that means Lord God that every day has meaning that every day has purpose and that means Lord God we can have joy and Lord we ask that you would help us to see what you are already doing and where you're already working and how you might be inviting us to join you on your mission. Lord, help us to bless what you are already doing. Sometimes it's obvious, Lord. Sometimes we go to Cuba and the the, the fields are white for harvest, Lord. People are just receiving you over and over and over again. So we, we, we raise funds, we send a team because it's so clear what you're doing there. We have to be there. Sometimes, God, it's not so clear. Help us to join you in our mission. For those folks here who are just kind of exploring and checking things out, Lord, we thank you. We thank you for them. And we ask, the Lord, that they might keep on exploring, keep on asking questions, keep on searching for peace and hope, Lord. And, and the, those, quench, those questions, they always eventually, they come straight to you, Jesus. And we thank you. You need to pray. Jesus Christ, he never lets go. He never lets go. never Never lets go. Stand and praise him.